Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. in Missoula Sports Center. The Winter Olympics are less than a month away, and at least two Montanans will compete for Team USA in Beijing next month. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. For the third time in her illustrious career, Whitefish native Maggie Boyson will have a chance to compete for Olympic gold. Freestyle skier placed third in the women's slope style in the U.S. Grand Prix at the Mammoth Mountain Resort in California over the weekend. That helped her sew up her third Olympic team spot. Despite battling knee injuries in recent years, Boyson's 90 points were the top mark by a U.S. skier. Behind just Kelly Sidaru of a and Eileen Jew of China. Boyson isn't the only whitefish product heading to Beijing. Jake Sanderson, who also hails from the snow sport mecca up in the Flathead Valley, will compete for the United States men's hockey team. After the NHL decided to withdraw from the 2022 Olympic Games, an opportunity of a lifetime opened up for Sanderson, providing the current North Dakota standout and opportunity to play for Team USA. Earlier this year, Sanderson became the first Montanan ever to be selected in the NHL draft, and the Ottawa Senators drafted him number five overall. Winter Olympics from Beijing begin on February 4th. And finally, after leading her team to an undefeated season and the Class AA State Volleyball Championship, Great Falls CMR senior Tennyson Hiller, the Montana Gatorade Player of the Year. He helped CMR to a 31-0 record by dishing out 911 assists, notching 214 big, racking up 135 kills. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Coming from the town of Ilya, 
Phillies and rallies, such as Casilli and Sally, them founding alleys and rallies. What up, Montana? Welcome back. ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. If you're watching on TV, well, you know, I got it all twisted. I was looking over at the producer earlier in the show, so I grabbed the wrong mic. It's all good. That's what makes live radio great. We're trying to make it the best we possibly can for you. Appreciate you hanging out with us here on a Wednesday. Missed anything in the first hour Nuanas now today. We talked about some college football, specifically the Grizz, and what they lose coming out of the 2021 season going into the 2022 season. Sure to be plenty of movement in the transfer portal to and from Montana and otherwise, and that's just going to be the case across college football. One thing I think that needs to be reemphasized is that uh, drama and maybe discomfort uh, or, or malcontents is far down the list. Right now, this is just a free-range, free-open market, and if you give uh, kids an opportunity to, to roll the dice, more often than not, they're going to do it. So I don't think there's much... Uh, much unsavory here is more as this is just a new frontier. This is the first time this has ever been available. So we'll see how it all plays out. But we talked about that. We're also going to get into some of the Bobcat stuff, particularly the fact that Brent Vegan brought in a transfer from Wyoming uh, to compete with Tommy Mallott, a guy that Vegan's very familiar with in Sean Chambers, who he recruited uh, to Wyoming uh, several years ago. But now he's a Bobcat. Let's get to that later on the show. But also in the first hour, we heard from Grizz uh, men's basketball junior point guard Cam Parker. Uh, talking about the state of the Grizz season. And unfortunately, if you haven't heard the news, Montana's games against Southern Utah, both men and women, scheduled for Thursday. They've been postponed. They do have makeup dates, though. Southern Utah will come to Missoula on Monday, February 7th, and uh, Montana Lady Grizz will go to Cedar City on Monday, February 7th. The Bobcat games that are scheduled for Saturday against Southern Utah uh, have been postponed as well, and the... Um, Games for MSU have not been rescheduled. So we talked a little bit about that and also talked about Jake Sanderson, young man from Whitefish, Montana, who is headed to the Olympics on Team USA. He's a hockey player, already been drafted in the NHL. Now he gets a chance to represent for the United States in Beijing in the Winter Olympics next month. You can find everything from today's first hour on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana. Time now to go to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Time for our ESPN roundtable, our long-form interview. Each week, welcome in a guy that's contributed a ton of time throughout the football season. He joins the Big Sky Breakdown every week. He also hops on this show uh, more often than not each week. It's Ty Gregorak, longtime assistant football coach in the state of Montana, as well as now one of our resident insiders when it comes to Big Sky Conference football, one of my favorite guys to talk ball with. Coach Ty, I know that you and I are always sort of uh, – making light of the state of affairs in the world of college sports. And it just seems like it's completely on its ear right now. We got guys writing announcements that they're not entering the NFL draft. We got 7,000 plus entries in the transfer portal. It's all over the place, but I'm just trying to embrace it because it's just, it is what it is. There's nothing that's going to change it, but it is sort of funny, just sort of the, the age of glorification that we live in. Well, it absolutely is. I, I, I've kind of taken notice to these, you know, announcements the last couple few years. I remember distinctly an Oregon State kid, you know, announcing that he wasn't declaring for the NFL draft. And I'm going, dude, you're at Oregon State. Like, okay, cool. I mean, you're sticking around for your senior year. Nice job. When an FCS player does it, 
I mean, it's almost comical to me. It's like, how many different ways can I put my brand out there on social media and stay relevant now that my season's over? So, uh, hey, listen, Coulter, college football is extremely popular. I mean, some might say it's maybe more popular now than ever, especially after Monday night and you've got a changing of the guard at least for the next six months or eight months because I think Alabama is going to be unbelievable again next year. And honestly, I think uh, Georgia will be back too. I mean, the way they've recruited, I mean, they might as well be, you know, Georgia might as well be a cloned program of, of what he learned in his time in Tuscaloosa there with Kirby Smart. But, yeah, it's uh, there, there's lots to uh, grab your chin, shake your head, rub your temples, whatever it is, man. I mean, it's, it's just like uh, every month there's something new, you know, whether it's a, you know, a Brian Flores who appears to be doing a nice job and, and kind of trying to change the – the, the the franchise there in Miami, and next thing you know, he's fired. The first NFL team to ever lose seven games in a row and then go on a seven-game winning streak. Th- three weeks ago, I'm listening to the pundits, and some of them are talking about him, how he could be, make a run for a coach this year. <laughs> right. and, then he, and then he's fired. You know, Joe Judge goes on an 11-minute tirade about, you know, the kumbaya, and next thing you know, he's getting whacked, and the owner's going, this is the most I've been, ever been embarrassed of the New York Giants. So football is uh, – that's why we love it, man. Baseball is America's pastime. Football is America's sport because there's always, always something to talk about every day of every month of the year. The drama is so crazy, and that's what's so crazy about when NFL guys get whacked, too. Like, Brian Flores just went 10-7. and seven. Uh, He went, excuse me, he went 10-6 and six last year, and then he had a winning record this year despite that seven-game losing streak that you talked about. And now, even though he was the, one of the first guys fired, he's now a top candidate for some of the other openings for other guys that got fired. It's just crazy the way that it, it all works. But I want to circle back to what you were talking about with, with some of these guys and sort of their lack of perspective in college football. And again, we're not attacking any individual here. I don't think these guys would be doing it if it wasn't part of just the fabric of the way people interact now. So it's not necessarily the kid's fault as well as, as much as it is these guys wouldn't be doing anything that they thought made them look foolish. They think that this makes them look cool. But you played your college ball at Colorado back in the late 1990s uh, when the Buffs were riding high and, and uh, a true national power at the time. But you were around a lot of guys that, that went on to play really high level at the highest level of football. Do you remember, it's sort of like now, though, it seems like until the day the NFL draft passes, so many of these guys, even if they're playing just at a low-level Pac-12 or they're playing in the FCS, they still they don't believe that they're not going to the NFL until the day passes when, in fact, the phone doesn't ring and they're not going to the NFL. Do you remember this level of sort of lack of, of self-awareness uh, when you were playing, when you were playing with top-level guys? Well, two, two things there, Coulter. One, it is the kid's fault, all right? Do you ever see Troy Anderson <laughs> post nonsense? True. That's true. No, it's true. It's true. Do, it's do, true. Do, it's true. Do, do, you see, do, you see, do you see Robbie Houck posting, uh, you know, other, other than the occasional taking offense to, you know, something Montana State's <laughs> right. doing about why, why in the- Uh-oh. We might have lost Coach Ty. We will uh, effort... At Tag Greg Rack here in just a quick moment. I know that he is uh, on the road for his um, more prominent and more well-paying gig. But Tag Greg Rack joining us here on the ESPN Roundtable. ESPN Roundtable is presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls, 
Great place to take in all the action for any sort of sporting event. They have 30 big screen TVs. They also have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, an incredibly expansive menu uh, that is catered to families and individuals, and uh, no matter what you need or what you want for your meal or your drinks or whatever, Paradise Falls has got you covered. They're open 7 a.m. to midnight. It's a great gathering place in Missoula, located at 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls, uh, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Sounds like we do have Ty Gregorak back uh, on, on the phone line, and you're right, Ty. I mean, the guys that do have perspective, I think actually that perspective is a part of being a great player and being an elite player. And like you're saying, some of the best guys in the league, guys that play at both Montana and Montana State, guys that are some of the best in the country at their positions, they're not posting this mess on social media. They're not glorifying themselves. So I actually do think maybe you are right. Maybe this does have to do with the individual end of the state of our culture. Well, it, yeah, I mean, it's, I get it. I get where they're coming from. I mean, I, my daughter competes in her first gymnastics meet in Missoula, Montana, and what do I do when, that night when I get home? I post pictures of her because I'm happy for her. And I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's the world we're in. But, um, and then the second thing you made me think of there was, you know, my experience at Colorado. Was it always easy? No, it's hard. College football is hard. Yes. I, I mean, I, I, wish, I wish more people had perspective Think about when you were 18 to 22 years old and school and the social adjustment to college, being away from mom and dad. Most kids have to, you know, work and get it, you know, not, not you know, some, some obviously don't, but, you know, you're, you're balancing a job and making money so that you can actually go on a date on a Saturday night or, you know, buy beer for you and your buddies, whatever. But, you know, 6 a.m. workouts are not easy. Practice is not easy. Injuries are a major part of the game. Injuries have absolutely a, a, a physical and, and emotional toll on a young man, you know. And and so, you know, I, I got to respect the one. It, like I started with, it's hard. It's hard. Like the kids that actually make it all four or five years and see it out, kudos to them because it is so freaking hard, all right? But. Man, the ease at which these kids are transferring and getting out and, 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 and looking for that. The, the ones that make me laugh are the ones that enter their name in the transfer portal and they've got no home. Right. <laughs> like, you right. talk about the dumbest. Like, I mean, that- we all make dumb mistakes. Lord knows I've made plenty. But you're going to enter the trans. You're going to roll the dice that much on yourself and enter the transfer portal without having any idea on who could be interested in you. I mean, listen, there's some, there's some major recruits. Big-time guys. I mean, I, I, I read that Alabama, you know, had half dozen or seven enter the transfer portal, and Georgia had two. Well, like in the grand scheme of things, that's still pretty low anymore. I mean, those those programs are retaining players at a high rate, which it has to go into another reason why they're dang good. You know, Coach Saban was talking about uh, that running back, B-Rob. He has waited his turn. He has worked to get his turn behind somebody you can name them off that are that are balling in the nfl it's it's running back you right now but the guys that stick it out kudos to them because it is hard it is hard to do i mean think about all the think about all the just normal students that go to school that transfer schools right all right think about think, think about taking you know a zillion shots to the head and having an acl and shoulder surgeries and you know, again, we're working out at 5 a.m. And, uh, I mean, we we were a morning practice team uh, in the Chone era. And I don't, I'm not exactly sure what Vegan does. They're still doing I'm mornings, yeah. Line- yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the linebackers on some mornings at 6.30 a.m., you know, uh, and going, 
boys. Uh, you know, Grant Collins. You, you want? I love Grant. All right, I love Grant Collins. You talk about the anti morning person. Like he has a sour. <laughs> like, like I'm like, dude. I don't want to be here either. But wake up. You know, let's roll. I mean, this is that. I'm doing what I'm told. Yes, sir. You know, non-smile, like like a, like a great man once told me to do. But no, man, it, it's uh, hey, college football. Lot, you and I, you and I could talk for hours about all the great things about college football. Sadly, right now, we could probably you know name. name <laughs> we, you and I can pick up our phone and go, that's dumb. That's dumb. That's dumb. <laughs> you know. So we we don't got enough time. We only got. We only got an hour together, Colter. What else do you want to talk about? <laughs> Zach Greg, Greg, joining us here on uh, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. And uh, that that's the dichotomy, though, to me, Ty, is that at the same time, there are a lot of parts of, of this that are annoying, and uh, for those of an older age, are, we're sitting here and thinking, man, you know, what what is happening to the fabric of, of what makes the game great? Because football is the ultimate team sport. It's supposed to be about the organization and the team and that's persevering through it. Like you're saying college football is incredibly difficult. The the whole point of it more than any other thing, it's not going to the NBA. It's not getting individual honors. It's pursuing wins, winning championships with your team, the memories that you make, but more than anything is learning how to persevere to the end. So as, as we sit here and think that maybe that part has become eroded on the other hand, you watch a game like Monday and I'm sitting here thinking, Holy cow. What we are watching right now is such a next-level product, including all the players that are in that game. Truly, you'd be hard-pressed when you watch Alabama and Georgia at full strength. It's harder to find the guys that aren't going to the NFL rather than the guys that are because it just seems to me like every guy, that guy's league, that guy's league. And so from an entertainment perspective, it couldn't get much better. So that's sort of the dichotomy. While we see sort of Rome burning from an individual basis, the product, particularly at the highest level, even if it's excluding most of the teams that lie in the Division One ranks, it's never been better in terms of the best of the best. These teams are, you know, they might as well just be semi-pro teams. They're just football factories. Oh, Coulter, I don't, I don't know if – I mean, you watch, you watch just sheer amount of talent on the field on Monday night, I don't know if the if, if the Lions and the Giants have that much talent. I mean, tr- truly, I I would I would never I would never say that a college team should or could would go beat an NFL team, but just sheer talent on the field, like at all twenty two positions at any given time, you're just going. It's mind blowing. Like I said, bo- both will make a run next year. I mean, every team in the country is looking at that, going, how can how can we do that? And it, it can be awfully tough, awfully tough for what they those two programs are going. And that's exactly- basically what I was just going to say. Basically, what Nick Saban did in his brief time in the NFL is he 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 took an NFL model from top down, or right. the organization from leadership down to the dang student managers, and brought it to college. And look and, and look what it's done. I mean, they, they, everyone is trying to hire. Nick Saban guys and, and, and get that model and, and you know Kirby Smart basically is the only not not the only one but he's the one that's taken it put his spin on it some ways probably made it better and now there's a national chance for the first time in 41 years it is truly amazing and, and on the last note on this particular game too I sometimes um, dismiss or, or sort of tease about fan bases that 
have unrealistic expectations for their teams. And unrealistic expectations come from playing at unbelievable heights. I mean, for a moment in time, Nebraska was the king. And and so it's totally understandable why people of, of uh, a certain age, when they think Nebraska, uh, they think dynasty. They think one of the best teams in college football when they have been far from that for a long time. But it's across the board. I mean, some people would say, even if Notre Dame is consistently uh, always in the top 10, that they have some of those unrealistic expectations, whatever it might be. Uh, but there's a, a bunch of programs that sort of scratch the surface there that lie in that. But Georgia has now been vindicated because they have been among those fan bases that think, oh, we, we should be a national championship contender every year, even though it's been since Herschel Walker back in you know the, the early 1980s that Georgia was a national champ until this year. Uh, but that said, those high expectations is what got him there. I mean, hell, this is a program that fired Mark Richt after he won 10 or 11 games and won a BCS bowl game back when it was the BCS system. They still got rid of him because it wasn't good enough. But now they're vindicated in it. And so I just wonder, uh, on one hand, I want to think that it's awesome that now Alabama sort of has this new peer that's not Clemson and that Georgia beat Alabama not with Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, but rather with a similar style to what they've uh, to what has given Alabama so much success. But also now, though, is it sustainable for Georgia because the expectation is going to be so high for the Bulldogs? And what did they just do? They just poked the bear. I think this could be the thing that ignites Alabama and maybe restarts once again the next phase of Alabama dominating college football. Well, absolutely. And people forget Georgia's been one of the best programs in the country. You know, since they last won it, they've won 84% of their games. The problem is it's you, 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 nobody remembers number two. I mean, it's just, that's just the way it is. They've had, they're in the top half dozen teams over the last 40 years in terms of number of wins. They've won 84% of them, but they haven't won one, you know? And so when teams, are getting, you know, they're, they're, they're getting there and winning. I mean, shoot, they, they played for a national championship, you know, four or five years ago. Uh, they've been in the SEC champion. They just happened to play in the best conference in football. Uh, so it, it, it's incredible what they've done. It's incredible to, you know, beat the, you know, Darth Vader and, and the evil empire of, of Alabama. But, I mean, where, where did that model come from? The guy spent he, – he, he was one of the longest-tenured – assistance under Nick Saban because a lot of those guys can't last long because he is demanding and he can he, I mean he is I'm assuming and I've heard he is nothing short of challenging to work for but you also know that you're going to win champ you're going to compete and win championships and there's a really good chance you're going to move move on and, and get a fantastic job out of there so George George has finally just put a bow on it again you know I mean the, the, you've seen the last you know dozen years it's basically a few schools right it's Alabama it is Clemson. Ohio State's been in there. Oklahoma keeps making these runs and then, you know, getting beat in the, in the playoffs. Notre Dame's usually there and then getting waxed in the, in the playoff. Um, so they, they, they finally just got to put a bow on it. And, I, again, I don't think they're going anywhere. I think, I think this coach is dang good, and he recruits his tail off. And the Georgia uh, uh, recruiting base right there, I mean, I, I think – you know, the, the, how many more times over does Division One athletes come out of Georgia than Alabama? Probably a lot. So I, I, I don't know. I think I think kind of kind of like our the next discussion we're going to have about another game that was played on Saturday. It's everyone else's job to catch up because those guys aren't going anywhere. That's exactly right. Who does everybody in the FCS need to catch up to? You already know. It's North Dakota State. Here's what we're going to do. We're up against it. Ty Gregorak joining us here on the ESPN Roundtable. 
So let's do this. Take a little break. We'll be right back. Just three minutes. ESPN Roundtable Part 2. What is the most significant part of the gap between Montana State, Montana, and everybody else as they continue to chase the bison? We'll tell you next. Ty Gregorak here on ESPN Radio. Don't change the channel. What about uh, a little Anderson pack for you coming back here on a Wednesday? It's Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas, coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Find amazing winter savings at Northwest Motorsport. You can always visit nwmsrocks.com for the largest selection of lifted trucks, diesel trucks, and off-road capable vehicles. Our ESPN Roundtable, talking all things college football, with our good friend and college football analyst Ty Gregorak, continues. Coach Ty is coming to us on the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. and appreciate you being here as always, man. We were talking about Georgia, Alabama, and uh, the gap between them and almost everybody else in college football. And for as much as the gap between Georgia, Alabama, and maybe just a couple other teams in the FBS is above, you know, this, your sort of normal FBS programs, Power 5 programs like Wisconsin, Iowa, all that. To me, what I saw on Saturday in Frisco, Texas, is the gap It might be even farther for everybody in the FCS compared to North Dakota State, particularly with Sam Houston State and James Madison moving out of the subdivision and up to the FBS. NDSU, of course, a 38-10 to victory over Montana State, and uh, it honestly wasn't that close. It was 35 nothing. Uh, after the, the first drive of the second half. And, and then NDSU just kind of put it on cruise control. And uh, unfortunate circumstances with MSU losing, starting quarterback Tommy Mallott on their first offensive possession. But that has nothing to do with giving up 380 yards rushing and uh, just watching NDSU just run it straight down the throats of one of the best defensive units in the country this entire season in Montana State. So, Ty, I know you watched the game. Uh, just your overall impressions, because I know that there's all sorts of things that you can say that could have maybe gone different for Montana State, and that might have made the game a little bit more competitive. But to me, the more they changed, the more they stayed the same. I mean, NDSU, they look like an NFL team on the offensive line, and they just blasted Montana State up and down the field for most of the afternoon on Saturday. Yep, they did. Um, I'll start off by saying uh, incredible season. You know, congratulations to Coach Vegan and a first-year staff. Uh Congratulations to the likes of Troy Anderson and Lewis Kidd and Chase Benson and Isaiah Fonse and a lot of guys that uh, helped put this thing back together because when they got here as freshmen, it was tough. We, we, we weren't very good. And uh, there's 118 or whatever, you know, however many FCS programs, 122 or whatever, however many programs out there that wish they were playing on the last Saturday of, of the college football season. So, you know, it was, it was an incredible run uh, to be there. Um, it's the gap. The, one, one could say if they just looked at the score that they'd closed the gap, right? We would, you know, quarterfinals to semifinals to a national championship. The problem is the outcome has all been the same. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you said it, not me. The, the score really wasn't indicative of, of what it was. They had 280 yards rushing at half against – one of the more dominant Big Sky defenses in the last decade. I mean, statistically, 
what what they did statistically, uh, they played great defense. And so, you know, you just sit there and you go, they had a wonderful season. They lost to a team that has now won nine out of 11 national championships. And I was actually talking to, uh, so, so my territory uh, in one of my divisions with Stryker, uh, one of my good friends is from, is from uh, he actually lives in northern Minnesota, but he covers Fargo. And he couldn't wait. He couldn't wait to watch the game. And he's, he's actually, he's a football player. He's an old coach, actually. He's a, he's a high school teacher and coach. And he wanted to know about uh, the freshman quarterback. And, and, and he asked me, he said, How, you know, who do you like? And I said, well, I like NDSU. I mean, it's kind of like the Patriots. It's kind of like Alabama. Never bet against them until they're out, you know, because they're just they're so well coached and they got some of the best players in the country. And, uh, you know, after the game, we spoke. And I said, he, he said, do you think they should move up? And I said, absolutely not. They're right where they need to be. You've been to Fargo. I mean, does, does Fargo look like a, you know, does, and, and when, where do they move, Coulter? The MAC? Right. That would be stupid. It would be Are they stupid. A Big Ten team? No, they're not a Big Ten team. Go, go, go look at the Big Ten, go look at Big Ten programs and their facilities and, you know, 20, uh, 22 more scholarships and coaches' salary. And, but you know what? You know what? Just like I was saying about the, the other two in, in Georgia and Alabama, it is everyone else's job to catch up to them. They've set the bar. Uh, it's really cool what they've done with three different coaches who now have multiple national championships uh, amongst themselves in, in uh, Craig Bull, uh, Chris Kleiman, and, and now Matt Entz. They, they all have two, you know, anywhere from two to four national championships. But until programs start say, like truly, truly investing in football, and when I, when I say that, it is cost of attendance. Yep. It is an indoor, an indoor facility. It is not having a nutritionist on staff. It's having a training table. Right, where the where the guys go in and eat like Vikings when they want to, uh, you, you know. I mean, you got two programs both competing for the same for the same uh, trophy, and one's practicing in a multi million dollar practice facility, and one's practicing in zero degrees. Like, you, do do you really think you're going to get the best practices in zero degrees? It's hard. So I, I just I, I I think NDSU is right where they should be. Why they would move up, where they would move up to, I'm air quoting right now. Like, I just don't get it. They're not a, the, what, the MAC is a joke. They're not a Big Ten school. They're, they're regionally, the Mountain West does that really make sense? No. They're right where they need to be. It's everyone else's job to start truly investing in football if they want to compete with the Bison. Tiger Greg joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Ty, a college football player, college football coach, and been contributing here the last couple of years on ESPN Radio, as well as on the Big Sky Breakdown on Skyline Sports. It is our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. And you're exactly right, Ty. So before we get to um, the things that are needed to close the gap, I know you've probably thought about this before. And if you haven't, I can give you at least a couple ideas on my end. But first, I'll just ask you openly. North Dakota State, it's crazy to really think specifically about this. But when they came to Missoula and beat the Grizz in 2000, it was either 2003 or 2004, either your first or second year as a linebackers coach for the Grizzlies, North Coast State was still Division Two. They moved up to Division One in 2004, and uh, then became fully playoff eligible by 2008, and then got into the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Helped found the Missouri Valley Football Conference. That's only been a league that's been around for 13 or 14 years, and NDSU has only been 
in the playoff picture since 2010. So they went from their first playoff appearance and winning a game at Montana State back in 2010 to boom, losing nine games during the last fall, the last nine fall regular seasons. What's been the factors? The why is North Dakota State been able to not only move up but also pull even and distance themselves from every single other FCS program in the country is so fluidly in such a short amount of time. Well, Coulter, something that's not talked about is they're, they're no uh, stranger to success. You know how many national championships they had at the Division Two level? A like, lot. Like I mean, 15? I, I, I think, yes, that, I think yes. that they seriously have 20-plus national championships in their school's history. Yes. Yes. So, so I, I'm with you. I can't remember if it was 03. Or I think it was – I feel like it was 03. And, I, and I, well, the way I remember it is, yes, they were a Division Two program – but they were transitioning, so they couldn't. They, they weren't playoff eligible. They weren't. They were transitioning to FCS, and then it was a heck of a game. We lost to a good team, all right. But I, I, you know, listen, they it, with with the oil boom and different boosters and coaches that have stuck around for a long time and and and, and taken the recipe and, and, and the you know the the. Uh, the, the the method of, of how to get there. These guys are. I mean, they're they're all doing it. I think, um, you know, especially with the last two, they're hiring defensive minded coaches. That uh, I was listening to Ants uh, last week on on uh, on uh, Full Ride on ESPNU, and he said there's no way to there's no way to measure this, and, and everybody can talk about it, but like we 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 pride ourselves on being the most physical team in the country in everything they do. They, they practice physical, they work out physical, everything is about toughness. And you know that Chris Kleiman was the same way and you know that Craig Bull was the same way and how, and how he coached his outfits. So I think that, I think it's, it's they, they're, they're no stranger to success. They won a lot at the Division Two level and they're winning a lot of the FCS level. Uh, they've invested in their program though. They're, they're, they're doing things that many, most FCS programs aren't doing. The cost of attendance is a real thing. If you, Absolutely. If you, uh, I, I, I mean, listen, the, my, my Fargo buddy, he, he said, like, why wouldn't a kid rather go to Montana State where it's beautiful? The school is excellent. Like, why, why wouldn't a kid? And I said, hey, listen, <laughs> kids, kids, kids want to go play a, a huge brand of football, and they want to walk into a facility that, I mean, hey, man, new, new facilities, that fresh paint, a, a world-class weight room, you know, coached by world-class strength staff. Um, in Fargo. I mean, keep in mind this is in Fargo, North Dakota. You know, and kids, kids. <laughs> so we we always, you know, the both schools in this state, right? They're always pounding their chest about the in-state recruiting battles, right? Well, I mean, of course they're going to get North Dakota's best players. I mean, more often than not, they're going to go there. But what they've done out of states really elevated them to become who they are. They're they're pipeline into Florida and, and some of these yep. places where. Uh, they're just, you know, they're just different. You know, they're no offense to kids from Butte and Townsend and Missoula, but they're just built different. So um, they've they, they've got a thing rolling that is really it, it's it's pretty insane to think that they have won nine out of eleven and all of the every and that's all but you know the one COVID year which was last year and then what was the other one they lost to James Madison or Sam or they lost to James Madison remember. in the 2016 yep. semifinals in Fargo. That is, by the way of their 40 playoff games over the last 10 years. Right. That's the only right. home playoff game that they've lost. They're 39-1 and one in the Fargo Dope. 
culture. They're they're they're, they're producing first round draft picks at quarterback. <laughs> Three they've in got, a row. Got, oh, excuse me, two out of three, but three guys that got drafted in a row. Yes, and they, and they've got they've got others that have been backups at quarterback. When you've got NFL caliber quarterbacks at the FCS level, good night. Let, let, let alone the monsters you're talking about up front that are blocking for them and the in the just incredible sound and tough defense that they've had essentially for years now. Um, but I mean, yeah, you you, you, you watch the NFL. And you're going, that kid played for NDSU? Listen, 12. They have a dozen players in the NFL. I mean, it, 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 like at our prime, we, I mean, we had a lot. I can't remember what, like our, what our best year was at Montana where, yeah. where, we, where we touted nine or ten or whatever it was. The only difference is we were making national championships, but we weren't winning them. These guys are winning them. It is hard to win a game, culture. It is hard to win your conference. It is hard to make the playoffs and make a run. It is insanely hard to, to, to be the last one standing, and they've done it nine out of 11 years. So, I mean, Montana State, good on them. I mean, listen, I, I think that, I don't know, I'll be honest, I've been all over Hill and Dale this week. I got back from White Sulphur Spring, beautiful this time of year. Uh, I haven't got to listen to your show much, but uh, I'll be curious. Like, I would bet the vibe is, like, Who's on this playoff committee to set the bracket up the way they did? Right. Like in my mind, like like if you really watch the game, and I did, I got to watch a lot of the games in the postseason. I get ESPN Plus and three and whatever ESPN the Ocho, and you really, you really got to look at that that last game in Fargo as, as, as the national championship because it it wasn't even close. It was a, it was a curb stop, and, it, and it's tough for me to say that, but like I. <laughs> I mean, I'm texting with you, and you're like, I, I spent my life savings to get here. <laughs> Bobcat fans, you know how many Bobcat fans spent a lot of money to go watch? And listen, it's awesome. I mean, shoot, 1984, I get it. I mean, I, I had tickets. I was going to take Jacks to be a part of this, you know, special moment in time. And it was an American History X curb stomping from the get-go. I don't care what anyone says about losing Tommy. That thing was going to go that way with Tommy, with touchdown Tommy or not. That's my opinion. It's no question, and it's so many good points in there. Ty Gregory joining us here on Nuanas now. ESPN Roundtable talking all things college football. Ty, a longtime college football coach, and now a contributing analyst here on Nuanas now, as well as on the Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. And it's so true about the facilities. If you want to see the rise of programs, whether it was Montana State in the 70s, Montana in the 80s, uh, the Bobcats' resurgence back in the early 2010s. North Dakota and them getting back on track and becoming pretty competitive. South Dakota State going from D2 to now one of the prominent powers in the country. And, of course, and led by North Dakota State, it's about facilities. When you have multiple indoor practice facilities, brand-new weight rooms, training tables, full cost of attendance, it puts you at a different level than who you're competing with. And I totally agree with you, rather than bellyaching about it, like Montana, Montana State have been prone to do in recent years. You got to figure out a way to catch up. I know that it's it's difficult. It's hard to raise money. Uh, a lot of the big boosters in these rural places are tapped, but it doesn't matter. You got to do better. You have to figure out a way to close the gap because you're right. NDSU's not going anywhere. The Big Ten's not coming calling. They don't care about the Fargo media market to add to the Big Ten network, and they also uh, don't care about going to Fargo ever. And if they were in the MAC, I think North Dakota State would go undefeated. And I don't think the, the Mountain West is coming calling. So 
the, the schools, they certainly have to close the gap. And your point is also well taken because NDSU has 10 guys on their roster from Florida. They got eight guys on their roster from Georgia. Those guys will never move to Fargo, North Dakota, unless they had a perennial history of NFL players, a perennial history of winning, and more importantly, facilities. So it is uh, interesting and uh, fascinating to analyze. But, Ty, I want to ask you, uh, transitioning to the other side of this rivalry, if you're Montana, how do you compartmentalize the run Montana State just went on? Because arguably Montana, one of their better wins, one of their best performances of 2021 was in a 29-10 victory over Montana, and that was sort of this domino that caused for a good draw for Montana State. I don't, I don't, I know that you can't do anything about that if you're the Grizz, but it also caused for the decision that almost completely was the key factor to Montana State making this run in Tommy Malott becoming the starting quarterback. But if you're the Grizz, you're Bobby Houck, you, you're the Grizz coaching staff, you're the Grizz players. How do you compartmentalize the run Montana State just went on, and how does that impact uh, just this offseason for Montana? Well, Coulter, it's they had a, they had a wonderful run. I, I, okay, I can't remember. I, I think they had a very favorable schedule. We've talked about it every week. I in my in my few years here in Bozeman, <laughs> we were playing South Dakota State in the non-conference, Idaho, Washington State. I mean, you you name it. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to take anything away. They just won a dozen games and lost in the national championship to the best, uh, generationally, the best program ever. I mean, their UCLA basketball of the 70s, their Oklahoma football of the, you know what I mean? Like, like it's an unbelievable run. But to me, if, I, if I'm if i Coach Houck and Coach Vegan, you know what I'm doing? I'm staying the course. I, I, the, bo- both, both programs, in my mind, are on the rise from where they've been. Um, you, you know, <laughs> Montana... It, it, Montana ha- has had what four coaches in the last you know nine years or whatever it's been now. So I don't know. I just you know I, I think that um, they stay the course. They keep they keep grinding and recruiting and going and getting some of those players that we're talking about. Going and getting some of those guys and selling their program. I think that they need to you know, and I know they do it. That's the thing. I mean, I know they did. I know that they're with Leon Costello and Kent Haslam. But you can't tell me there's not money here, Coulter. Right. Look around, man. For sure, right. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, if you got to go down to the Yellowstone Club and, and, and talk to Justin Timberlake and say, "Dude, bro, I, you will be on the sideline. You will, whatever." Phil Mickelson. I mean, there is more money here. There, there is so much money coming in, and Missoula's growing too, man. For sure. I mean, this whole, this whole area. I mean, the word is out. You go find and you you fight and claw for every dollar that you can get to keep investing in your program, so that you can feed your boys. You know, not not breakfast sandwiches after practice, but they're they're eating well, like they're doing in Fargo. And uh, I don't know. I think both programs, to me, they're, they're you know, stock up or stock down. I think stock up for both. I, don't, I think you'd be hard pressed not to say that. They, they've got, I think, a couple of really good coaches leading their programs. They both have got, you know, Montana State has finished its facility. I really do believe, I, I, and you can you can make excuses. I mean, if they win the game, you're going, well, everything's perfect. We don't need to do it. Right. Like, that's why Alabama's been so good, because he doesn't let those guys take their foot off the gas ever. I cannot believe that the expectation of both these fan bases is to play into December and ultimately now January because of the playoff system the way it is. 
and and neither one has a has a uh, indoor indoor facility. Right. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. And and there's space. There is the River Bowl in Missoula that is just, you know, right off right off from the Adams Center. There is there is uh, all those grass fields right next to the Brick Breed, and I don't want to hear about intramural lacrosse. I don't want to hear about flag football on on on, uh, on on Thursday nights. They need facilities. If if, if everyone's going to bitch and moan over getting knocked out of the playoffs, to find every reason so that nobody does have excuses. How's that? Find every reason why you can invest every cent that you can dig up out there. Hey, they wanted to finally build a facility, which was years in the making. They raised the money. It's out there. You just got to go get it. He's at Greg Rack, our resident Big Sky Conference analyst and a longtime college football coach on both sides of the greatest rivalry in college football. Coach Ty, I appreciate you taking so much time today. Awesome talking ball with you, as always, and uh, we'll catch up with you relatively soon. But uh, thanks so much for all the awesome insight and all the awesome analysis all football season long. Well, it was fun, Coulter. It was a great season. I mean, a lot, lot of fun games to watch, a lot of big-time performances by, by players, a lot of great coaches. Uh, it, it was a wonderful season. I just appreciate you having me on and getting to talk ball. I don't get to talk ball much anymore, so I, 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 I literally look forward to my once-a-week with you, partner. Well, we it's a mutual respect for sure. Ty Gregorak joining us here on the ESPN Roundtable, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as SWX Montana Television. One last point there. It is so pertinent to to understand the fundraising elements of this. And who's the biggest donor at the University of Montana in its recent history? Denny Washington. And uh, Denny Washington made his money based on what has defined Montana economically forever. That's industry. Denny Washington originally was a copper miner. And then he built up all of what has now become Washington Corp with Montana Rail Link and, you know, his shipping company and all sorts of things that are steeped in the industry of foraging the natural resources that are available in Montana. Well, the gold rush ain't coming anytime soon to Montana. The timber rush, the copper rush, we'll still have industry here in Montana, agriculture for sure, but there's not going to be this giant rush again. So sort of all of the businesses are going to be status quo. So then the next place that there's going to be an influx of money is people are going to be spending their money on lifestyle, quality of life, and resources such as land, open space. People that are moving here are moving here for the lifestyle most of us native Montanans love and appreciate. And hopefully it doesn't get too muddy. Hopefully it doesn't ruin any of the allure of that. But also there's going to be a bunch of new money in Montana. What's one of the easiest ways for people that are new to a state to acclimate to a community to become a fan of a sports team? So I do think that there is a lot of opportunity on the horizon from a fundraising perspective for these schools to target, maybe not people that are alums or people that have just returned to the state, but rather people that have never been here before but want to be a part of something. People that love football, that move from a football crazy portion of the country, and they want that to be a part of their acclimation to life in Montana. It's going to be fascinating to watch, but that was great stuff, as always. From Ty Gregorak. What's going on tomorrow? Well, <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to reorganize because not a lot of basketball games going on tomorrow because most of the ones involving the Montana schools have been called off. But we'll let you know what's going on the rest of the week. Keep it right here. Take you home on a Wednesday. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Hey! It's Nuanas Now on 102.9 
ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. It's one song, one song only. <laughs> This song will always remind me of just like the most anonymous team I've covered. There was this team that was like right between the Brad Hughes and Brian Fish eras at Montana State Men's Hoops, and they just love this song. It was their intro song, a little Kanye for you here on a Wednesday. And uh, they were just a mismatched group of guys, but they were from all over the country, and it was fun to get to know them on a personal level. They were just a very average Big Sky team, but that's my favorite part is that no matter the quality of the, the teams, you always get to meet people from all over the world when you're covering sports, so very fun. Hopefully you enjoy that element of this show as well. It is Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas, coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Time now for the final word presented by Eagle Satellite. Eagle Satellite wants to thank all current and former healthcare workers for all you've done. They appreciate everything you also continue to do. You can call Eagle Satellite at 728-9999 and ask about your free TV package. Also, be sure to ask about internet for $50 a month. Eagle Satellite, one of the cheapest places you're going to be able to find TV and internet bundles. Locally owned and operated for quite some time, so go call Eagle Satellite. Tomorrow, there's supposed to be Grizz and Lady Grizz basketball games as well as Montana State basketball games uh, on Saturday. None of that's happening. Southern Utah called it off. COVID issues in both the men's and women's teams at SUU. So there's some reschedulings on the horizon. The Grizz will uh, play uh, Southern Utah on February 7th. But in the meantime, we will still have an Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops with Crystal Redpath tomorrow. We'll also talk a little bit more about college hoops, and we'll talk about Sean Chambers from Wyoming to Montana State. We'll meet you back here on ESPN Radio at 4 o'clock. In the meantime, have a great night. All sorts of people give you betting advice, like what lines you should pick, what teams you should pick in certain games. I think a lot of people out there, especially in the state of Montana, they want more like lessons on how to gamble. What does it mean to be a seven-point favorite? What is an over-under? What is the spread? How do you tease? What's juice? We talk all sorts of that sort of thing on Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. And you can always learn by trying as well as by listening. Sports Bet Montana, one of the presenting sponsors of Nuanas Now, particularly a presenting sponsor of this podcast. Appreciate Sports Bet Montana for being a part of our growth here at ESPN Radio and on Nuanas Now. Sports Bet Montana has sports betting kiosks across the state, all your favorite watering holes and other establishments. Sports Bet Montana also has every place that has a Sports Bet Montana kiosk listed on their website. You can download the Sports Bet Montana app, then you just have to be in proximity to one of the betting machines, or you can just head down to one of your favorite places in and around Missoula and all around the state of Montana and place some wagers. It's very fun. They have both pregame and in-game betting. It's a good way to be a part of the game. They also have a lot of professional and college sports. The NFL playoffs are coming up. So if you want to learn more about sports gambling, listen in to Nuanas now, 4 to 6 p.m. each and every weekday. Or just go get a try. Sports Bet Montana kiosks, all locations available on the Sports Bet Montana website. Sports Bet Montana, proud presenter of the Nuanas Now podcast. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. 
when you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.